Hello. I'm Samantha Nzessi. My name is Ramoy George, February's very own Ramoy George Phil the first. Yo, shout out to my man Drake. You're going to tell him it's masculinity? I think they know because we're t- already talking about Drake. This is masculinity, guys. Look, this is masculinity. I don't care what everybody says about Drake being soft, which is obviously problematic in this already in our podcast. People call him soft he's or a poser. Or he's not tough. Like, I'm talking best. to you, Nikita. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> look. Shots fired. He's the hardest working man in the industry right now. I give him props for that. Listen, I hear no lies. February's very own Ramoy George Phillips first shouting out Drake's October's very own. Aubrey Drake Graham. Yeah. Yeah, Shout he's a Scorpio. Man. He's technically my perfect um uh what you might call it match, which I mean he's Hook everybody's perfect up. match, but you know, Drake, if you're out there Holler at me. Anyway. Yo, Drake, if you're listening to this right now, shout out to us. Oh, my God. Us. Imagine. Anyway, sorry. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of rappers who are awesome, this one used to be awesome. These days, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Kanye, bro. Did you see the, I the fuckery? I don't. I don't listen. I don't care. He's. What, I, don't, I don't need another famous person me to tell them, me about their lives or how I need to lead my life. So do whatever you want to do. Yeezy. Like, I'm just. Go back to making college dropout. Like, Please. why are you using your platform to say shit like this? Like, he's, like, saying things like, I really, uh, you know, respect Emma, you know, the chick from um, Parkland. Gonzales, yeah. yeah, I'm like, you respect her, but you're, I guess you respect her because she's a good speaker, maybe? Like, you don't you don't actually realize that everything that you, you're standing for he's so in love with, is, like, branding and, like, you're, you're and right. communication and stuff. And, like, you're right. Celebrity problems, rich people, or rich people ideas that you want to celebrate and Trump and support Trump and all, whatever. I don't care. The rest of us who are like in the ninety nine percent, stop trying to influence us like that and try to stop trying to steal like the zeitgeist and the conversation. You don't deserve it in that sense. Just keep making your beautiful music. Keep being creative, self. Keep inspiring people with that way. But just keep your tweets to yourself, dog. I mean, it's tough. Oh, oh, I mean, actually, I don't mean to harp on this, but I do think, you know, he lost his mother and he hasn't been quite the same since then. And, you know, with what we're going to talk about today, not to say that, like, we're talking about Kanye and we know what Kanye should do or anything, but, you know, he, trauma and loss and depression are very real. And I feel like, you know, I don't know Kanye personally, but I do feel like he hasn't been quite the same since then. Um, but anyway, there's also something that I want to talk about that I wonder how you feel. I kind of have an unpopular uh, uh, opinion about this, but Charlie Rose apparently is is um, like got greenlit to like do a show with other men who have been accused of sexual assault. Yeah, so that friend sent that to me. So. I didn't really look into it though, because like I care, but I don't care. It's fascinating. Like it's a fascinating thing. Obviously, as a social experiment. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be all sorts of like social capital or entertainment capital. Like people are gonna watch that shit and listen to that shit, and that's gonna stir up the water cooler talk like nobody's business. And the tweets are just gonna go crazy. Yeah. So people are gonna make money off of it, and it's gonna be a fascinating experiment. Whatever. Is it ever going to be of substance? I don't know. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to kind of get in those minds. But um, but yeah, but somebody else said some. Like a couple of people have been pissed because they're like, I can't believe that you're going to use this opportunity to make money back for yourself using this show. And I was like, you know what? Not for nothing, but I feel that, you know? So it's a, I don't know. It will I be interesting. Kind of split on it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's up with you? What have you been up to? Uh, Look. 
I can't be mad at people for like celebrating themselves and their love and their commitment to matrimony and each other, but stop getting married. Oh my God. Like I've been, I'm just tired. What, what are you talking about? I'm so tired of weddings and no offense to the people past, present and future, but. Can I have we four just keep, weddings this year. Four. I have three that I know of and I, <laughs> that you know of. I don't. I'm over it. I, yeah. I used to love them as a kid. I'd be like grinning ear to ear and just like the romance and the family and the camaraderie and the celebration and the free food and the free drinks if you're into that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, the dancing. The, the dancing. Wedding dancing is lit. And some of the dancing. My family doesn't really do any of that, so it's not necessarily as fun. <laughs> uh, really? But I'm over the weddings. That's all. I'm done. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let's dive in, guys. So as you guys may or may not know, May is actually Mental Health Mental Health. Probably most of you didn't know that, but I hope we're glad to enlighten you on that. We're glad to be enlightened of that. I mean, it's amazing. So I was wondering, I was like, who declares the month? So I looked this up, and apparently Mental Health America started observing May, or yeah, using May to observe mental health in 1949. So uh, I think that's pretty, pretty awesome. I think... It's going to be great. I feel like we had a really good uh, conversation with Justin Leoy last week. His name's not Chris, just (laughs) inside joke. Inside joke. Um, Or David, also inside joke. And we we talked about what it looks like to support men during trying moments of new fatherhood within their relationships with their partners. And now we want to backtrack and see what it takes for men to actually get themselves there, right? Like, what does it take for men to actually get help uh, or support? I think that's the better way to put it. So what we're looking to do here is kind of start to clear the huge cloud of stigma that exists over mental health and to try and provide some context as to the impact of not taking care of one's health so that people and men especially, of course, get connected to how important and responsible it is to take care of themselves mentally. And like, so like, what do we mean when we say mental health, right? I mean, I, there's like, there's been quite more talk about it lately, thankfully. Uh, and like, first, if you Google it, we know that mental health includes a plethora of, of specific illnesses, among them being dementia, clinical depression, bipolar disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADD or ADHD, autism, schizophrenia, among many others. But don't take our word for it. We're going to call our trusty uh, counseling expert, Justin Leoy, who was just on the show last week so that we can figure out what's really going on. Uh, So this is a a live. I mean, it's not technically live, but we're calling him live like we're on a real radio, y'all. So one moment while I get him on the phone. This is Justin. Justin, hello. This is Samantha. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for, for providing your expert opinion on this. Um, I think. Sure. No, thanks for thanks for inviting me back for a bonus episode or whatever. <laughs> however, you're doing this. I mean, listen. I'm kind of hoping that you're going to be our resident expert. If you're okay with that, I mean, that's like. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Oh, yay! To. Awesome. Good. That that went very well. That was nice. Anyway, cool. So, um, so the first question that we had for you was, um, so like, what are the two most common clinical mental is- mental health issues that men come to you with? Things that people might come in for are not the things that, like, you know, we all go to school to study mental health stuff for. 
It's not necessarily, oh, I have depression, I have anxiety, I have this diagnosis, or I think I have this diagnosis. I, I, I look at it in terms of almost the two different sides of, of emotional expression. I mean, guys come in because they're either too emotional in some way, which is encapsulates all the very angry guys, mm. and not just people who are physically violent, but just like having seemingly out of control uh, reactions to someone cutting them off or, or something like that. And they, they they don't know why they get so hot and why it lasts so long. Sometimes mm. the whole day, they're holding on to this. The people want, even if they have some insight into where that may have started years ago, um, they don't know what to do about it and how to kind of deflate it. And then the other side of that is the people who come in saying, and these are mostly people in relationships or just getting out of a relationship where they've been told, I, I need more from you. Why don't you, why don't you get angry? Why don't you get upset? Why don't you get anything? I, I, I need something more. And so they want to, they know it's down there. They, they sometimes can feel some of it, but they either can't express it or, um, or are just really unaware of it, of unaware of having more feelings than other people around them seem to think they, you know, quote, should have. Hmm. Can we just backtrack and actually know what is depression? What is anxiety? Sure. Now there are there are huge books written on both these both these things, and um, <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna fully explain either of them in 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 the best way in the best way that fully encapsulates everything that someone with depression or anxiety has. Mm. I think a nice shorthand way of thinking is depression is is when you are really stuck looking backwards and um. things have been and you're so you so focused on that you can't be in the present or even really move forward. Anxiety is just the other side of that coin. You're so focused on the future that you can't be in the present. Um, and unfortunately, these things can coexist. I mean, if something really shitty happened in the past, it, then it gets hard for me to think of it could be possibly not shitty in the future. And so I'm stuck in an almost depressed anxiety state together. Also, I've often, like, sometimes when we talk about depression, particularly in men, but not only, um, we, we could see, we have this idea of what depression looks like. Someone's sad, can't get out of bed. Um, and yeah. the idea is it can often look irritable or anger um, or a curmudgeon who's always annoyed in some way. Whereas we also think of depression as rage that's turned inward. So it's a lot of stuff yeah. that it's not necessarily the guy who's going out fighting. It's all of that stuff going inside. Hmm. Damn. I mean, that was really... We, we talk, I mean, yeah, stereotypically we'll talk about women go inward, men go outward, and with the aggression and stuff like that. So it's it's the same thing. It's not that, that women are less aggressive. They just kind of are more emotionally to themselves often. Hmm. I want to ask the question, do you think that's nature or nurture? But I feel like that's a question for another day. <laughs> Um, All right. <laughs> Let me know when you want to go there. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything that genetically different with us when it comes to our emotions. That's what I think. That's, too. that's my quick answer to that. And, and I like it because I agree. Per your experience, like, why do you think men or masculinity as a performance has created a stigma around men getting help, mental health support? You know, a quick answer to that is, is why shouldn't there be a stigma? Look at how huh. we um, kind of bring up our boys and our men 
in society. You had Michael Kimmel on not too long ago. He talked about the real real men versus the good men like mm. when you're talking about that. And mm-hmm. All those things are for real men, stereotypically. No feelings, provides for everyone, sucks it up, has power, must sacrifice um, themselves for other people. I mean, what qualities in that are go and sit and like understand and, and become more aware of yourself and your more vulnerable emotions. <laughs> I mean, with that, like with that being the, the, the foundation from when we're kids, why would a 45 year old guy be like, yeah, I think I'll go to therapy now. True. I mean, let's move into the whole idea of um, American individualism, which is, I, I would link totally with, a sense of white supremacy of the idea of I can do this myself. There is one way to do it and I'm going to do it this way, like it or not. Wow. And it's, it, I mean, we had for 10 years or so in Brooklyn, we had what was that thing called take your, take your man to the doctor month or something. Hmm. The, the campaign. Do you remember those campaigns? No. It was almost <laughs> out like, like, I mean, number one, it's putting more of the, uh, the, uh, the load on women to do speak for men, but also the idea that men aren't even going to the doctor for their physical symptoms. Mm. Get them to do it for their emotional. Damn. That's interesting, actually, because I feel like a lot of, a lot of conversation around mental health has that kind of like, um, that, that promotion of like taking mental health as seriously as physical health. And so it's interesting now to also hear you say like, you know, even for the physical health, like men have to be kind of um, encouraged by their partners to seek out support, which I mean, yeah, is a perfect token of the performance of masculinity. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, hey, Justin, like this is this is amazing. Thank you for for your expert opinion. Um, I, we're, we're very excited to actually have some, like provide some context. This gives us a really great context for the rest of the show. Um, and, uh, I'm glad that all of our thoughts about the performance of masculinity and, um, mental health generally seem to be, uh, on point, like have actually been co-signed by a licensed expert. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me back and I look forward to hearing the episode. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, Justin Leoy came himself to let you guys know what was up. And uh, yeah, I mean, wondering why there's stigma around mental health. I mean, we just heard it, right? It's like, it's clear that just seeking support is just not part of the performance of masculinity, right? But if we're going to kind of zoom out and take a look at mental health in our society in general, I mean, maybe some of you guys think that, you know, that's kind of real. Maybe it's kind of not like, oh, you, you're a man and you're like, no, but I always go to the doctor. Or, no, I definitely go to a counselor. One question that I have for you guys, right, that I'm kind of adapting from this awesome TED Talk, which we'll be posting on our social media is, would you rather tell your boss that you want to take a sick day because you're feeling depressed and need some time to collect yourself or that you have the flu? Yeah, I don't think I'd ever. Actually, no, once I did call out of work because... I was going through shit, but I'm pretty sure I just made up an excuse that I was like, oh, I'm sick, right? Like, yeah. And why is that? Um, why, myself absolutely included, why do men feel discouraged from seeking like help and support? And the shorter answer is like, it's this thing that we're trying to 
really unearth and search out, and that's masculinity and or patriarchy. So we always talk about, and we talk about this because, you know, masculinity has created this perversion. Like, let's really look at this as a perversion around what strength means or what trauma means or what emotions means or what even support means and whatever it means to be a man and like yes for more for real yes like it's okay to look at your past and understand that there is pain and that there were things that were done to you that were unfair that hurt you hurt your emotional stability a lot of this happened to us myself included when i was younger like my grandparents who i grew up with my grandmother was very strict on me and she potentially physically emotionally caused trauma on me there was these trauma about my body and how i looked and if i was get fat and all these things and that just really affected the construction of my psychology and it's caused so many issues into my who i am in the present same with like growing up in school like i was the only brown kid and there was a lot of bullying and a lot of it wasn't explicit a lot of it was micro but still it really caused so much pain that I buried or I just accepted as normal that now has manifested in ways that I cause other people pain and it caused but then we also think about the stories that we're told that we that you and I Samantha always talk about how that informs our what who we are as a person in society And, and if we are you know subscribing to masculinity it informs the fact that we don't deal with those pains that we do not look at pain as being real we do not see the traumas of the past and how they affect us and we do not engage with our emotions it is not right as a man to engage with our emotion we have this perversion that tells us that teaches us that it's it's a waste of time to think with your emotions or an extreme perversion is you're soft you're feminine, you're a girl, you're a pussy, you're a bitch, you're all these things. If you just are, if you try to access your emotions and you are honest with your emotions, that can be really problematic. And that is kind of where we're starting to get with when it comes to masculinity and mental health and seeking support. And it's this, this, taboo that we've all considered for anyone to get help so if you couple that you know with the belief that men aren't even supposed to own that they have feelings at all um what's the end result right like men might not even consider that there are emotions for them to gain perspective on and that they leave them untreated acting out in unhelpful ways and what that means is like a lot of people even young men currently are like what are you talking about emotions? Because it's gone for so long. Like it's not just one time you just like tell yourself I don't have emotions or I don't have pain or I don't, I won't deal with these. I won't cry. I won't talk about how sad I feel. It's an ongoing thing that after a while you become so numb to it that it, that perversion becomes normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like first of all like I actually have to gush at like how amazing that explanation was and like yeah I mean the stigma around mental health comes from the fact that people think that mental health is a sign of personal or emotional weakness according to God forbid a man be weak but but also I mean you you guys already know what I'm about to say because like I keep saying and by the way if you don't believe us, we're going to post a study from the Roper Center of Public Opinion Research at Cornell University. They're very smart over there. My brother goes there. I always say that vulnerability is a sign of strength, you know? And it's like, 
if, if you don't believe me, actually, we got this like cosign from from Justin last week. Refer back to um, our episode about filling your cup to make sure that you can be there for the people in your life. Um, you know, like, and my question to to everybody is kind of like, you know, what if we manipulated the performance of masculinity masculinity a little bit? What if we used it? As a, like knowing that actually opening up and sharing yourself as an act of bravery. What if we used like the notion that being masculine is meant to be brave, meant to be uh, powerful, meant to be strong as a basis for actually opening up, for actually saying what you have to say, Just for actually, actually being accessing emo- your emotions and your pain or who you are. Yeah, for being, all sides of yourself, being emotionally strong. Sure, like. It's like the repurposing of strength when strength used to be like strength was, well, you are physically strong and you're emotionally strong and you don't access anything else. You just power muscle through everything else. Yeah. In this case, why can't we repurpose, rethink, reimagine bravery and strength as not something that runs away or denies, but one that is strong enough, is as muscly enough as as tough enough to say, I'm sad. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling hurt. You hurt me. Somebody in the past hurt me. I don't know why I'm feeling so sad right now or so vulnerable. Not even vulnerable. So compromised emotionally, but I Mm. am. And I'm strong to stand on this island. And will you join me? That's awesome. I mean, like picture. It's like I I think of like um, what's like a strong animal. I always think of a lion, right? Lions are so out of line. Anyway, whatever. Um, Like charging at something. Like the line is gonna get hit. It's like tackle, tackle whatever it is that there is that you, that you have to deal with, right? Like head on, you know. And 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 uh, yeah. So yeah, last week we talked about modeling healthy behaviors for children, which Justin gave me that tool, and I was like, oh, modeling is so cool, wow. <laughs> right. Um, which you know we'll get to it in a bit, but you guys know that. On this show, we love to talk about the importance of representation or story that we engage with so regularly that informs the way that we live our lives. So we, you know, we want to talk quickly about representation of mental health and or mental illness and support in the media or lack thereof of emotional support in the media. It turns out that once upon a time, they weren't so great, but things are on the up and up. Interestingly enough. I had to assume that things are still pretty off the mark. Remembering like movies like One Flew, Flew, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, or actually, I think you had mentioned like it, Google Hunting was a little off back in the day, right? Well, it wasn't necessarily off. It, it's very emblematic of of this these like multi layered problem that we have with with men and mental health and trauma and support, right? Like Goodwill Hunting came out like in two thousand and it won an Oscar and. It for a lot of young men, myself included, and a lot of my close circle friends, and a lot of young men in this country who are now grown ass adults, that was their favorite movie. Mm. And you know, s- simply put, like synopsis, like Goodwill Hunting is about Will Hunting, this young adult in his twenty. He's think he's twenty years old. He's a bona fide uh, genius, but he grew up in the south side of Boston. He's poor. He's an orphan. His family are his close knit group of friends, and he works blue collar jobs. He doesn't want to go past his class, even though he is a genius. It comes upon, you know, this professor at MIT that this he finds this young man, Will Hunting, who is a genius. He tries to support him. He tries to get him emotional help. But as he tries to get him emotional help, Will is so smart and so clever and so guarded that he pushes everyone away. 
and he hurts everyone around him before he can allow himself to be emotionally vulnerable. And then you learn that he has gone through severe physical trauma, abuse as an orphan from like cigars being put out on his leg or a wrench being used to beat him, to discipline him. Like these are the traumas that he went through, but he was so like guarded about it and didn't want to open up to that and didn't want to deal with that, that he hurt everyone around him. And that's interesting, right? Because he's being strong and he's protecting himself and he's not a, He's not interested in being vulnerable. But yet at the end, we see a breakthrough moment like Robin Williams. It's like his first dramatic role. He wins an Oscar for being this incredible psychologist who can just relate to him and just allows Will to be free. And at the end, it's a breakthrough. He's crying. He's yeah. accessing his emotions. Will or Robin Williams' character is like, it's not your fault. Will, it's not your fault. And he's just bawling and all us men are clapping and we're like, yeah. But that's the most interesting part the audience's approval of this movie in the sense that like it shows a man who's being strong and we like that and we we get that and we can see that in ourselves like we don't want to access our emotions but at the end we see this part of like freedom and a new start and we want that but yet the whole movie we're celebrating this this guy who's been hurt and but who can stand up for himself and defend himself and he's his own hero and he won't let anybody in and we're also celebrating that so we're celebrating the fact that this guy's been through trauma He's he's living in his muscle and his emotional strength and his guards and his walls and he's denying anybody else the acts the opportunity to help him or for himself to be vulnerable to accept help and we're celebrating that. We're also celebrating the fact that he does get help and we don't know how to reconcile all that because all we see is like five seconds of himself getting help and then that's the movie. But the majority of the movie is him dealing with his emotional trauma and burying it deep and not allowing anybody itself, not allowing anybody else within. And that becomes a problem because we've cel- I've celebrated that movie. And it's the celebration of this strong, typical American man who won't let anybody in. Yeah. And we're not, we're not used to celebrate. If, what if the movie was 95% of him just being at a shrink and opening up about his feelings and crying and like being happy or being hurt and we were just seeing that? Would we celebrate that? Not no. necessarily because the way that we've been told stories for so long, it's so normal to celebrate a strong man, a man who may have had trauma, but who doesn't access it, who who will do anything to combat anyone that comes against him or near him or make him vulnerable or compromise. He will fight him away. He will say the funny, snarky thing to make that other person feel stupid and belittle them like emotional warfare. Like we celebrate that still. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole majority of that movie was that. And it's just a fascinating experience of like seeing how this movie informed a lot of the ways it was one of the best movies for a lot of us and we loved it and we still love it but yet it is so problematic because it still in a way celebrates that problematic masculinity that says i am strong and i don't need anybody else and i will deny the fact that i was hurt at any point in my life yeah i remember that that movie there was one scene the the only scene that i actually remember from that movie because i watched it a really long time ago was when ben affleck I like watched it like every other day when i was growing up oh or whatever. oh that's cute um when ben affleck goes to him or whatever and is like every day when i knock on your door i hope that you're not gonna come out that you're like gonna have gone or whatever because you're like a genius and i can't help but think that that's part of the masculinity 
piece of it too, right? The pers- like the performance of masculinity, like that something like into like intellect being intelligent is something that's regarded as not being inherently masculine and powerful like it's like all about being like the strong man and interestingly enough isn't it once he has that breakthrough that he decide i mean obviously that conversation makes a big difference for him but isn't it also once he has that breakthrough that he like dips yeah and so it's like to your point about like the problematic nature of, of that, it's like the whole movie, like the 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 breakthrough in him having the life that he actually wants happens after he has this like burst of like emotional like freedom. He changes his life, goes on to be, you know, whatever genius or whatever, but we never see that. I mean, we have to ask ourselves as an American like viewing audience why we're still so in love with the stories of like the tortured artist or the tortured genius or why we are so in love with this idea of struggle. And especially for men, like why do men why do we celebrate heroes and individuals who struggle? And instead of just struggling on themselves, why can't we just celebrate men who ask for help and live in communities, whether it's within other men, whether it's within with a community of women, whether it's within their families? Why don't we celebrate men? who typically we would call soft, but in reality are just asking for support and live in a healthy community. Like Drake, for example. Why don't we support Drake? Why do we, I mean, we do support Drake, but why don't we- What are you talking about? I support Drake every five seconds. No, I know, but like I feel like people call Drake soft like because he's connected. He's connected to his his audience. I mean, not speaking on bi- of binaries, but he's like- connected to masculinity and to femininity and channels it so well in his music and for that he's being called soft like if i mean looking at twitter when um nice for what came out people was people like a lot of like dudes were like talking about how like drake has women think like thinking they're so confident and all this stuff and it's just like like why shouldn't i feel confident and why are you mad about that like that's crazy you know um but anyway, because and I and I think that it is that that is why that you know they have an issue with Drake a lot of people because he does have this this way of being able to channel masculinity and femininity like seamlessly almost and that's a direct contrary like contradiction to what a man is supposed to be. You know, like a man is supposed to function on one side of the binary and that's it. Um and and yeah, and I mean I think that this is a perfect segue because I really do think that um, like your point about um, the American people kind of still being like in love with this like tortured story of like somebody who's like holding shit in or whatever is like because even though we've been talking about how representation is everything, it's not enough, you know. In this case, I think that you know the media, well, at least arts, are trying to do their best to create a new conversation around mental health i think even in in like in communities like the like movements actually use art to create uh you know for youth specifically like better mental health like make kids happier or whatever like actually using art as a conduit to making that happen and i feel like this stigma is actually not having to do with uh with with kind of the the they right so like Ramoy and I often um for listeners out there often have this conversation about 
patriarchy being systemic and defining for each other what systematic actually or systemic actually meant. And I, I remember describing the system or that's how I felt at the time, describing the system as being a machine of laws and profit, which essentially entails politicians, lawmakers and companies conspiring to make things better for themselves and their families using laws, capital and public opinion to essentially ingratiate themselves at our detriment. Right. And I remember that you described it kind of as people keeping that system going by being complicit and complacent and not really understanding their individual role. Uh, Like everybody's each an individual role that we play in upholding this whole structure. And eventually I realized that, or what what my opinion changed, including all of that, right? Because I really don't think that it's one or the other. I really do think that it's both. And all this to say that while we can have various representations of you know mental health with the silver linings playbook and you know people having breakthroughs you know having arts in the community you know it really uh it has everything to do with our own notions of what mental health is who we think should seek it out and what it means that people are seeking it out yeah for real i mean this one's this one's on us like it's on me it's on you it's on fathers to be sons young adults older generations like this is on all of us this is where we again all of us get to play a part with the people in our lives who may be going through pain or trauma that's not just physical you know it's not a stubbed toe it's not a broken arm there's some pain that is deep within our in a person's psychology that needs help and support now, mental health has to be treated that way and just the same with the importance and care as physical health. It's a normal human thing, animal thing to have illnesses pop up, whether physical or mental. But when it comes to mental health, people get othered so very easily. You know, think about Kid Cudi, like, I'm depressed and everybody's like, oh, we can't deal with him, right? Like, people get othered so very easily and for men that usually turns into some type of shaming or, or like being called a pussy. God, that just makes me so mad. Which is like, well, That's we can a have a whole nother episode about that. But like that. <laughs> that shaming, right? That's real. And that happens so frequently. Uh, and in some cases, yeah, like criminalization, think Saheed Vessel, who, who, you know, who was gunned down in Crown Heights, just not too far from here by police because he got the cops called on him and he was, he suffers from, also, I don't remember. Exactly. Bipolar. He it's suffered bipolar. from bipolarism. So, We got some staggering stats to back this all up, right? Okay, okay, so according to the National Institute for Mental Health, 6 million men suffer from depression, just depression, each year, and they are more likely to go untreated than women. Yeah, I mean, we have every reason to treat this as a crisis. I mean, those 6 million men who are going untreated are now then going to be the people who turn into suicide victims, right? Like men are three times more likely than women to commit suicide. In the United States, one man commits suicide every 20 minutes, which is insane. You know, suicide is the number one cause of death for men under 35 years old. Real talk. Like how many of you people knew that? Because I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know this until I was researching for this episode. And and it's like, I knew there was a lot of suicide out there, but one man every 20 minutes, that's three dudes an hour. That's crazy. You know, and it's so if we if we keep this going, guys, like this whole, you know, like wave of not taking care of ourselves and of each other. By 2030, apparently depressive disorders will become the number one cause of ill health 
and premature death worldwide, according to a study done on mental health, um, men and work by safety and safe and safety and health at work, which I, we will post on the website for the academics out there or for those who just love knowledge. Um, and it's not just like on a personal level that mental health affects us. It really affects us as a society for the economic nerds out there. You know, the economic cost of mental health is three hundred seventy one million dollars a year. And in the U.S. and it, and companies actually lose fifty one million dollars in productivity each year because of depression and anxiety in their employees leading to people not being as present and just being really absent at work so you know it's not just like it's it's got like a huge impact like societally it's much better for us to be dealing with it than not absolutely and and besides the impact on our productivity which you know one could say is a cornerstone of performing masculinity what with all the manual labor and bringing home the vegan bacon, <laughs> uh, men's quality of life, and you know all our actual lives are really threatened by not tending to this, not taking care, not seeking support, and by conversely discouraging us men and all and boys and people to tend to their mental health. We are actually contributing to all this potential harm. Now, if we can shift the conversation from how it makes people look. Um, to the benefits of being mentally healthy and living mentally robust, healthy lives, then we'll be on to to something real and positive. Yeah, and I and I don't want to have this conversation go without mentioning that this might be an unpopular opinions, but uh, I'm I'm committed to to sharing more of my uh, popular opinion after um, having a really awesome conversation yesterday. Anyway, so I just want to point out that there are actually a lot of partners who capitalize on this. And there is some responsibility there too. Like people who say like, no, like you have to, who people who are not men or people who are men who are partners of men who say like, no, you need to be a man and like own your stuff. Like I saw something the other day, someone posted something about their girlfriend. This is actually um, a, a masculine uh, presenting um, a masculine identifying woman who said that um, her girlfriend told her that uh, she liked it a lot better when she was just like handling shit and like not talking to and like not talking about her feelings because it was sexier. You know, so it's like when we think about mental health and we think about the performance of masculinity, it's really not just limited to men. It's also limited. It's all it expands to people who are masculine presenting people who 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 a masculine identifying who also have to grapple with the performance of masculinity, being a responsible citizen, being loved, supported, having compassion, but also being strong. So um, that's one thing that I just wanted to make sure that I, I mentioned. No, I mean, it's it's very true because this boils down to, again, how we've learned certain things. And it's not just how men have learned what masculinity means or what it means to men, but it means it can relate to women and elsewhere. Like there's these expectations of what a man should be. And that's not just solidified by us men. It's by the whole version of our society that subscribes right. to it. Right. So there's these expectations that. It's not just me putting it upon myself, but I feel from even potentially my partner or my close female friends, right? But, you know, ultimately people do benefit more from confronting their issues than from running from them. And I will be the first one to vouch for that. The notion that doesn't extend to men is precisely why we're here. Like what Justin just told us about what depression 
how it manifests and the same with anxiety. I remember like a specific time in my life where I was so depressed. Like I would, and this is something I want to talk to you later on, whether it's this month or later, but like addiction, like I would start my day drinking a bottle or drinking from a bottle of whiskey before I'd get to work. I'd stop by a bar and drink just whiskey. And I just be at the bar, just sad and lonely and thinking about the past half crying. I'd go to work, lunch break, same bar, more drinking, just stewing in my misery of horribly sad about the past and being depressed. And then when I was at home, I was so terrified to leave my house because I was terrified of what was out there in the world. I was terrified of the future and I was scared. And that is kind of exactly what Justin was talking about, that manifestation of anxiety. So I was dealing with on both hands, on all sides, depression and anxiety. And I wasn't given any outlets to really seek help and seek support. However, I was taught and informed throughout a lot of my life that it was okay to be a tortured, sad person. That mm. it was okay for a man to, you know, potentially have emotions and have pain, but bury them deep and just coping mechanisms was alcohol and addiction and, and just to be this tortured person. But did I ever seek help? No. Only once I started being honest with myself and saying I was dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness and then like really searching out where that pain came from and why I was feeling that pain and, and then allowing myself to be okay with that and accept that I had been hurt when I was younger, like that abuse had happened and that was okay. Like it necessarily wasn't my fault and it happened and like really start thinking about that. But to be honest, also, like I've never gone to a shrink. I've never gone to a psychologist, a counselor. I've never sought out help and that's on me. Like I still have a lot of mental health issues and I have a lot of like when Justin talks about anger and not like everything just manifesting as like severe anger and aggression, that's number one in my life. And I need to get help on that. And I need, I could make um, like um, everybody else, I could make excuses and I make excuses and I need to work on that. But for this, for myself and for my relationship and for my world to be a little bit better, we, I need, I've started being honest with myself, but I also need to seek out help. Wow. Well, I mean, I did not know all that. And so I just have a lot of respect for you for be for actually like dealing with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's dope. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, mental health really allows us to com- like actually being mentally healthy allows us to connect to the people around us and to lead more fulfilling lives. So, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I mean, I've known you for a while and I've I, I venture to say that, you know, coming away from something like that um, just, you know, has you be actually like moving around and doing your life well. So congratulations. Um, and, you know, for men, it really means to be it means being free to be yourself, to be happy, which as far as we're concerned, shouldn't really be gendered. Right. Like being able to have access to your emotions shouldn't be something that's reserved for, for feminine folks. Um, and, uh, it, it only happens, like you mentioned, when we actually confront it head on instead of letting it be dormant. If we can give space for men to do that without shame, then some of these stats will probably look better, right? The, some of the suicide will probably go down a lot of, the, there'll definitely be a lot less violence from men, um, to men and to other people. And I know that that sounds very idealistic, but it's true. It's true. The statistics back, back it up. So I think it's just simply up to us. I mean, I think. It's really up to us to create that new way of thinking and of doing things. And it's definitely not coming from some outside force that's going to come and save us all. Like, it's really up to us to be understanding and compassionate in our day-to-day lives. So, with that, 
we just want to thank you guys for tuning in, for listening to to the show. We really want to hear, you know, mental health, you know, today is May 3rd or 2nd, one of the two. Um, and, you know, Mental Health Month is just starting. So we really want to hear what you guys have to say. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear how you grapple with it, how you deal with your own anxiety, your bipolar uh, you know, disorder, your ADD or whatever it is. And uh, if you've experienced people in your life who've had it, um, please just, you know, reach out and like share your stories because it's really when you share, when we share and we kind of come forth with that communication that we can create a space where people feel more comfortable sharing with themselves, with each other. So, um, yeah, so to do that, uh, masculinity podcast at the, who is Theo.com. Um, with a K, obviously. Um, Twitter is Masculinity Pod and Facebook is Masculinity Podcast. So we just want to hear from you. Look, like, th- no BS. Like, it is, n- it is no more freeing than to be honest with your pain and to let it out. And, like, once you can unpack that and just let it free, you will not believe how unburdened you will fee- feel and how free you will feel and how more in tune with the people around you are. And that will allow them to be free. Like it is so such a redemptive process that I I wholeheartedly like. What's the word I'm looking for? Recommend. I wholeheartedly recommend that you go out there and just try to start accessing your emotions and like thinking about your pain and your feeling and then letting it out. Find the people you trust. You don't have to be free with a stranger down the street, right? Like just find people you trust. Like Justin Leoy said in our last episode, if you're looking for a counselor, looking for help. It's okay to vet them and find somebody that you feel comfortable with. You don't have to be, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation explicitly all around to allow yourself to find that freedom. Find somebody you can trust. Find somebody who you're willing to share with and start working towards being that free. And you will not know how valuable and how redemptive a process that is. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, the wisest words from Vermoy George Philip III. Sorry, that was, I did not mean to introduce comic relief. That was just a slip of that was just a slip of the tongue. Remore George Philip, the first, the only. Uh, my name is Samantha Zessi. Look, LeBron, like I hate you. But I, that I, game winner was. I love lit. you so. Much. Like it's just like it's you're entering lit. into that Jordan state, and it's not a competition. Who's the greatest? Like fuck that conversation. That's boring. LeBron, you the man. I hate you. It's just because I respect you so much, and it's so Amazing. much fun to hate the greatest. So you do your thing, dog. If you were actually gonna lose, I'd be really sad. Like I was really confronted with this. Like I want him to lose. I want. Him, but then if he loses, like he's not in the playoffs. Yeah, so why no, would I watch no, basketball I, anymore? Hell no. Do your thing, LeBron. My name is Ramoy George Phillip, February's very own. Samantha and Zessie March's very own sounds a lot less cool this has been Masculinity thank you for listening peace ciao